chapter fourteen of the book of love by paolo montegazza this librivox recording is in the public domain love in sex man and woman can love with the same degree of force but they will never love in the same manner since to the altar of their passion they carry two greatly different natures beside their different genetic missions as long as there shall live on our planet a man and a woman they will eternally exchange and counterchange this innocent reproach ah you do not love me as i love you and the lament will be for ever true because woman will never love like man and man will never be capable of loving like woman in a complete essay on the comparative psychology of the two sexes we could delineate the distinctive characteristics of virile love and feminine love and i may try it some day be it sufficient for me here to sketch in a general way the two figures of passion one in essence but rendered so very form by the two different natures called adam and eve listen to two spontaneous cries uttered by two nations very distant and well-nigh uncivilized and you will find the first lines of a physiology of the sexual characters of love the munda coals of kota nagpur have some popular songs which express the psychical difference between man and woman the women sing sing banga from the beginning has made us smaller than you therefore we obey you even if it were not so and from the beginning we had overburdened you with work still we would not be your equals to you god has given with two hands to us with one and for this we do not plough the ground and the men sing to the women as god has given us with two hands so has he made us bigger than you have we made ourselves big he himself has divided us into big and small if you do not obey now the word of man you certainly disobey the word of god he himself has made us bigger than you and flying to a very distant land we find a cabile song in which a chorus of young women alternates with a chorus of sturdy youths the women let him who wants to be loved by a woman march with his weapons let him put the butt end of the gun to his cheek and cry come to me o maidens the men you do well to love us god sends us war and we will die and keep at least the memory of the happiness that you have given us rising from the mundacoles and the cabiles to the higher and more civilized races we always find however an echo of this wild cry of nature in which man proclaims his strength or imposes it and woman acquiesces in or invokes it hence the very unequal part of joys and sorrows of rights and duties which man allows his companion in the world of love hence an ever-increasing usurpation of joys and rights by the strong as we descend to the lower strata of humanity
and civilized nations continually struggling to divide good and evil in a more equitable proportion between the two sexes which still so unfairly share light and darkness joys and sorrows where muscular strength is the criterion of hierarchies where it constitutes the first of human forces the difference between man and woman in the rights and joys of love is immense and woman becomes little more than a domestic animal which is bought sold or killed according to the necessity of the moment setting civilization aside polygamy exists where morality is uncertain and lust is ardent and woman guarded as a treasure of voluptuousness falls morally lower than in a wandering tribe of nude but monogamous savages where woman is the companion of the labours and joys of man for this perhaps solomon used to cry out in his harem and who will find me a strong woman among us also woman does not play in love the part assigned to her by nature and here also she can without scruple class herself among the oppressed who await their jacquerie or their constitution here also she is a legitimate pretender who by right or might will have some day to conquer her place in the sun but i will speak of rights in another chapter here we must remain within the confines of physiology which still is or should be the legitimate mother of every human legislation if anthropology should put in our hands all the moral and intellectual elements which separate man from woman then science could most safely establish in its laws and customs the right place for each sex without any danger of usurpation abuse or imposition from any quarter nature has given woman the greatest part of love and if this difference could be expressed with figures i would say that we were allotted one-fifth or one-fourth at most of love's territory only a woman could write madame de stal's sublime words undoubtedly in the mysteries of nature to love and still to love is what we have retained of our celestial inheritance neither civilization in any of its most varied phases nor customs in their numberless forms nor impositions of tyrants nor power of genius could alter this immutable law in the rank and feeded hut of the eskimo or in the palace of the prince woman gives all of herself to man first as daughter then as lover as wife as mother she is the great placenta of human beings the bosom from which we draw blood voluptuousness love every delight of our soul every heat that warms us woe to us if we should poison the source of human life with a pseudo-education woe to us if we should deny eve the most sacred of rights for woman love is the first the uppermost necessity and all her organism and her psychology are softened and moulded by the influence of love van helmont said too rudely tota mulier in utero but thinkers of all epochs applauded the aphorism of the dutch physician woman physically desires for long time she possesses for a long time and can enjoy her conquest every day every hour and turn it into a warm and scented atmosphere in which she lives as in a nest 
woman nurses in her bosom an angel who always ardently desires and who does not quench in her the affection for her companion she moulds the man nourishes and caresses him and as the years pass she sees herself her flesh her loves transformed into a group of little angels who dance around her who are bits of her heart petals of a rose fallen from the flower of her beauty all calling her mother which has the meaning of placenta of life from the ardent embrace of the man whom she loves she flits to the endearments of her little children voluptuousness does not fatigue nor ardor wither nor passion weary her she is all from her hair to her feet imbued with love the fluid that flows in her through every vein and moistens every fibre so that when she is deprived of it she is like the tree shattered by the hurricane and which sees every leaf wither every flower fall the love of man is a lightning that flashes thunders and vanishes the love of woman is a ray of sun which slow and warm penetrates her heart and fecundates her and she absorbs it languidly and voluptuously and every little root of her sentiments her joys her thoughts imbibes and feasts upon it so that even after the sun has disappeared its fruitful rays remain hidden in the earth which it has warmed many have contradicted my opinion which i expressed several years ago in my physiology of pleasure that woman has received from nature a larger cup to drink at the inexhaustible spring of the voluptuousness of love and inasmuch as joy cannot be measured or weighed yet the problem must wait for its solution a long time still nobody however can deny that lasciviousness and sensibility being equal in both sexes eve can thirst much longer than man and without experiencing fatigue realize the happy dream of a voluptuousness which changing its form is eternally renewed but while for many men voluptuousness is all that is in love for a woman be she the most libertine among the sensual women it is only a sweet episode and if you do not believe such a bold assertion send heralds through the whole civilized world and assemble all those men and women who can love and invite them to a singular love tournament ask them whether they would accept an eternal and most faithful love without voluptuousness in exchange for voluptuousness without love for every hundred women who will vote for love ten perhaps five men will decide for the sublime refusal of the embrace o oh, you all of you who have studied the heart of woman in the most abject places and believe that you are making your companion happy because you give her luxuriousness and golden dresses remember that woman wants to love above all to be warmed by the spirit of man to lean all upon the faithful arm of man to feel that she is needed by a companion of whom she wants to be proud she wants to be the first for some one you may behold a woman unhappy amid the splendours of luxury caressed by the sweet affection of a husband satisfied in all her desires and you may see another happy in poverty amid the storms of life oppressed by the brutal whims of a lover mysteries of the heart you say a very natural thing i say the first woman does not love her husband the second loves her lover this is another essential difference between man's and woman's loves 
man wants to be loved woman wants above all to love the sentiment which burns in her is more active more expansive than in man little she demands of her companion because she is too rich and her affection is too strong to need the support of self-esteem to fight the battles of life certain it is that perfect love is the sum of these two most beautiful things i love i am loved but often woman is satisfied when able to exclaim i love while man needs only to expand his chest and say i am love do not ask woman why she loves she can love such ugly poor deformed creatures as to astonish and horrify us if that creature can only be hers she will know how to adorn him with the flowers of imagination illumine him with the brilliant light which comes from her heart when woman loves she almost never doubts of being loved has caesar ever doubted of winning a battle has napoleon ever doubted of being immortal so it is with woman's love she will creep like a reptile at the feet of her companion or roar like a lion which wants what it wants she will be a pet rabbit caressed in the bosom of a child or an eagle that carries aloft the prey in its claws but her love will be reciprocated the ardent faith of the neophyte the proud faith of infallibility the immeasurable arrogance of the fortunate conqueror are virtues that are more frequently found in woman's loves more rarely in man's in order to love woman needs only fine talent strength and even crime in the man she wants to have for herself she can love the ugliest most wicked most deformed of men she elevates every man she touches she believes she can heat even the ice man loves the beautiful above all and pardons everything else man often lowers even the highest loves woman carries even luxuriousness aloft into the big regions of sentiment man lowers even affection into the mire of lasciviousness pardon my cynical phrase but do not reject it because it is too true man in his loves is more of a brute than of an angel woman is more of an angel than of a human being an essay on the comparative psychology of love cannot be written unless based upon a complete physiology of the two sexes every thought every word every gesture of man or woman in love receives the imprint of the sex and when the characters are inverted a most disgusting spectacle takes place and we behold a caricature a monster or even a crime at times however women of manly inclinations love manly and men of docile disposition manifest in their loves sublime tenderness softness and sentiments which should be found in woman only we are again in the domain of pathology but the psychical forms may from the unusual combination of figures and strange colouring derive an aesthetic element which astonishes us and invites us to meditation however very form the sexual elements of love may be our modern civilization is stained by a most heinous sin because we allow woman who is the true and great priestess of love but a small tribute and a trivial part we have for ourselves ambition glory science the morbid thirst for gain we have granted to man all the energies of sentiment all the conquests of genius all the victories of passion to woman we have 
refused every nourishment of heart and thought representing to her that she must only love after having robbed her of nearly every field of human activity we have left the garden of love to her as her only possession her only solace and when this poor prisoner with all the ardent curiosity of her nature wished to pick the flowers and the scented herbs of her garden when she proceeded to cultivate the garden in her own way we interfered there too setting up the posters of our restrictive regulations and erecting the fences of our laws that flower-bed is reserved that flower must not be picked no thoroughfare the selection of the plants to cultivate must also be made by us by us who possess the orchard and the field the meadow and the forest the ice-fields of the alps and the water of the ocean thus we have a woman slave who murmurs and conspires against us thus we have made sterile and barren the garden where a proud and noble lady would have splendidly received us where we could rest from our glorious labours thus instead of being welcomed by a lady of our station in gilded halls brilliantly decorated with gems we have a woman prisoner or slave who reclines her head on our knees and weeps we have measured the bread and wine of her life as the jailer does with the thief and tyrants in love as well we have kept the lion's share both in voluptuousness and in the free choice of the sovereign affection but every injustice must be paid for just as the equilibrium is re-established every time it has been disturbed and the continual deceptions only too well justified of our slaves seraglio conspiracies and palace plots are every day evidence that we erect upon a false foundation the edifice of family and loudly proclaim that it will soon be necessary to give woman what belongs to her the free choice of loves the equality of rights in the affections as well as in the family End of chapter 14